Riot Squad, a female-powered media agency proudly presenting Camp Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania's first and only DIY punk rock summer camp, September 1st through 3rd in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Come camp with us for three nights of non-stop punk rock all weekend long, with over 40 bands and tons of activities. Tickets on sale now at camppunksylvania.com. That's camp, P-U-N-K-S-Y-L-V-A-N-I-A dot com. See you there. Are you enjoying this podcast? Consider supporting this show. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey y'all, it's T Biggs from Long Story Short. I want to talk to you about a new targeted knowledge base for independent entertainers, inspiring Politician, entrepreneurs in the GPE slash e-commerce space looking to sell products and services called the IndieK. You can't beat the wealth of knowledge with subscriptions ranging from one to five dollars. Head over to patreon.com slash the IndieK to get in on this now. That's Indie. I-N-D-E-C-A-V-E. And remember, listen to the long story short in the barbecue podcast right here on the Joyful Warrior Podcast Network. Turn it up. It's your life. The mixtape. I'm Greg Howard Jr., podcaster, TikToker, public nuisance. Each week, I invite a special guest to talk about their life through the songs that had an impact on them. A bit of a warning, uh, there may be some cussing, so if that's not your thing, feel free to skip that part. Um, also, we may get into some heavy subjects, so if that's not your thing either, you can skip those parts too. But uh, don't skip too much because we talk about some really great songs in this episode. Welcome to another episode of Your Life the Mixtape. This week, I am super excited. Uh, to welcome my guest. Uh, she is somebody that I admire, somebody that I respect, um, somebody who uh, if someone follows me on Twitter and they're not following this person, they do not receive a follow back from me. Um, <laughs> and above all I'm else, not even that strict. <laughs> <laughs> and above all else, she is a goddamn delight. Please welcome my friend, Michelle. <laughs> hey, Greg. Or should I call you Miss Lennox? You killed it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. That was, that was several lifetimes ago. Um, my knees and ankles aren't, aren't strong enough to pull that shit off anymore. Tell me when your knees can start <laughs> to predict the weather. Oh, it's going to rain. My knee hurts. Yeah. I'm that age. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. <laughs> I'm like, wake up in the morning. Oh, the temperature must have dropped because I am aching. Exactly. (laughs) So music podcast, you're a fan of music. Yes. Love music. Always loved music. Love every genre of music. 
and you know, I'm very familiar with most genres of music because I had a really unique upbringing that exposed me to everything. Like my, um, one of our really good friends from childhood, or at least not my good friend, my auntie's good friend was Bootsy Collins. So he used to come over to our house and like hang out. I knew him as Uncle William, right? Like I had no idea who he was, except for, you know, just this person in our life, right? Um, and so my mom and my auntie would throw these wild after parties at our house and they would like close us in the in the door and we would peek out or whatever. And then when, I, when the day I saw Uncle William in his Bootsy gear, that's a mind fuck for you. <laughs> that's a fucking cool story though. Yeah, it's the, it's the God's honest truth. I wish my aunt were still here to verify it because that used to be my... Um, you know, my verification there, because, you know, we're Gen X. So I grew up before cameras and cell phones were ubiquitous. Right. I'm sure I have pictures of me with Bootsy as a kid, but it's probably on an undeveloped roll of film and somebody <laughs> else somewhere. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, Cincinnati has a real funk base. Cincinnati and Dayton is where funk started. The funk museum is actually going to be in Dayton. I think a lot of people don't know that people think funk started in New Orleans and New Orleans thinks that, but now y'all can have jazz, but funk is ours. <laughs> That's fair. But also going to Catholic school, being born Christmas Eve. So I, you know, all those hymns and Christmas carols were part of my childhood. And then I went to a mostly white school, but lived in a mostly black neighborhood. So I can tell you about hair bands and old school rap, you know, <laughs> Then I went to school in Kentucky. So then I got, ex and my uh, roommate, who's my best friend to this day, she's Appalachian. So she hit oh. me to Dolly and Willie and Patsy. And, and then of course, Garth Brooks and Shania Twain were huge when I was an undergrad. And then uh, grunge, so the Chili Peppers and, you know, um, Soundgarden, because I had a crush on Chris Cornell, who didn't. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, didn't we all? <laughs> right? And then the 90s for, you know, hip hop and R&B, like, I mean, that's like kind of a golden era. So, yeah, I, uh, I love it all. Excellent. Excellent. Um, so tell me, what is the first song that you remember hearing? <laughs> this is going to sound so weird, but I swear it's the truth. The song I remember, maybe it's not the first song I heard, but it's the first song I remember having an emotional connection to ring my bell you remember that disco song oh, by yeah. my granny my great grandmother so my mother's grandmother she helped raise me and so we would all be in her house she had a house that had three floors and she lived on the first floor and me and my mom lived on the second floor and my aunt and my cousins lived on the third floor and so whenever my mom had to go to work or school whatever we just go downstairs and be with granny who was retired by then and so she just raised us kids and so we would be playing our parents' vinyl records or whatever. So we put on Ring My Bell. And I must, I didn't put it on. I was too young. I was maybe four or five. I think that song was out in 77 or 78 or whatever. And who, whoever, it was one of my older cousins, put the thing on. And she loved that song so much. She came out of the shower, soapy, butt <laughs> naked, dancing to Ring My Bell. And that's what I remember. <laughs> You know what? That song like still goes hard to this it day. Does, that right? song comes on and yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, I actually skipped a question. Oh, okay. Um, we were we were talking about like 
music of the past and I wanted oh, yeah, to yeah. jump right into the past. Well, actually, um, my song that I picked for the first question, favorite song right now, that's the one? Yeah. It's, it's the perfect song then because it's a transition song and it's Silk Sonic. I fucking love Silk Sonic because oh, it. leave the door open. Yeah. Come on, 70s groove. That's what I grew up with. They're just, you know, changing the tempo a little bit and making it more modern, but that's that's my jam. Yeah. It's, and it's perfectly aligned with what I was listening to when Granny was still alive, right? That that mid-tempo funk kind of R&B, 70s style. I love it. That, that whole Silk Sonic album is, is, okay. a, is a no-skip for me, like, like and, start and to finish. They, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then they're bringing the 70s pimp smack, swag back, right? Pocket pimps because they're short, you know. Right, but, you right. Know, hey. <laughs> take it i love cat williams too he's from here by the way oh really yeah funny i think i grew up with him it doesn't that sound weird to say i think (laughs) i grew up with him but i know he's from cincinnati and specifically i know he's from the same neighborhood that most of my family still even lives in evanston which is where my late aunt lived and so I don't remember a dude named Cat Williams, but I remember my cousin had a friend named Micah who was short and funny, and that's his given name. So that Micah could be my Micah, could be a totally different Micah, but. <laughs> you, I, you're, you're just wrapping up all the six degrees of separation. I know, here. right? Like, <laughs> so tell me, uh, what's the song that always makes you cry? You know, I have an interesting answer for this one. So this, the, the song that makes me cry is also the song that I think is terrible and I love it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and I know people are like, what could that possibly be? Well, when you hear my answer, it's going to make perfect sense to you. The song that makes me cry that I also know is terrible is Same Old Lang Syne by Dan Fogelberg because it is as cheesy and schmaltzy and I'm embarrassed to admit that I like this song as you can get. <laughs> but it makes me fucking cry every time. It's a whole ass Hallmark movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you know what? It, it very well could be. It could be. They absolutely could make a movie just on the lyrics of the song. And it could be a two hour movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I wouldn't put it past them to do that. I know, right? You heard but Hallmark, first. if you're listening, you better run Michelle her check. check. <laughs> <laughs> um. So... You you kind of already answered it, but do you have a number like a secondary song that's terrible but you love it like like a um, guilty pleasure song maybe? Yes, I, I mean you know you got to go old school rap for most of the guilty pleasure songs. You know, like <laughs> back that ass up, right? Um, that's that's a good one. Baby got back. Pretty much any song about the ass that's a rap an old school rap song. Yeah, I know as a feminist I'm supposed to hate it, but I don't. <laughs> I mean, I, just, I I feel like, you know, those two songs are not objectifying women in like yeah, a I bad totally, way. Uh, no, I absolutely understand what you're talking about. And this is actually an argument I have sometimes with my friends who are feminist and white and i'm not saying they're white feminists because that's right right thing but (laughs) my friends who are feminists that happen to be white sometimes have a different take on that type of thing than i do as a woman of color as a plus-size woman of color right because i feel like 
yeah, there's objectification that's going on. And yeah, I know that's a net negative, but there's also embracing a body type. There's also the aspect that they're probably not getting, which is a black man standing up for the women in his community and what they look like and trying to broaden the discussion about what beauty is and what sexy is. And, you know, there's part of me that, hell yeah, I appreciate that, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so that's, uh, it's more nuanced, I think, than right. I would think or let yeah. on. Uh, what's the best song to sing in the shower? I kill Chandelier in the shower. Now, when I'm not in the shower, so <laughs> with the right acoustics i can do it that's Um, that's fair (laughs) um you know maybe at the end of the podcast because my my shower's a few feet away from here you know at the at the very end i'll go and see if i can do the course and you can cut it if i don't hit the note (laughs) (laughs) uh what is the best song that's that's not the question. Um, okay. <laughs> this is your world, baby. I'm just living in it. Uh, yeah, apparently, it's not even my world. I can't read today. <laughs> um, what is the song that best summarizes what love is? Okay, I have two, both by the same artist, who's my okay. favorite, by the way. At least my favorite artist right now, because, you know, given the day you ask me, I'll say Stevie or Prince or Michael or Whitney or Dotley, right? Depending on the day you ask me. So you're asking me today, I'm going with Stevie. And I went with Stevie for these uh, choices. I have two. One is as, because I think as is just so beautiful and poetic about this sort of esoteric notion of love, right? You know, when rainbows, dolphins fly and see, right? All of that. Um, and that's gorgeous. And who doesn't want somebody to sing that about them? But in terms of what I really think love is, is um, knocks me off my feet, I think has the single best sentence ever written about love. And it's, uh, let's see, I, I did write it down because I didn't want to mess it up. It's, I reach out for the part of me that lives in you that only our two hearts can find. <clears throat> and love in a nutshell, right? Yeah. The part of me that lives in you that only exists between the two of us, basically. I mean, who doesn't want that? Right. <laughs> why would you why would you not want that? Right? Why would who doesn't want that? That's what it is. It's the it's the best parts of ourselves that we can only get together. And if that's not what your love is, go find that. Yes. <laughs> So on, on the flip side of that question, um, what is the best song about a breakup? Well, I, I did, I, I break rules, you know, I don't like them that much, but <laughs> I, I couldn't just answer one song. I mean, you know, it depends on your breakup, pick your poison, right? So if you ask 20s me where I had the really nasty broken engagement in college, that's you ought to know, right? That, Absolutely, yes. That, uh, you know, I hope you're thinking of me when you fuck her, right? Yeah. You know, that's, uh, you know, every time I scratch my nails down someone else's back, I hope you feel it. I hope it. you feel it. Right, that. That, that shit is yeah, heavy. I felt that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that's the angry breakup. 
now the sad breakup, you know, that's when you put end of the road or goodbye yellow brick road on repeat and you just cry it out. Yes. And there's, there's honor in that, right? Oh, absolutely. But I think for me, the best breakup song in terms of like a healthy breakup is Good Riddance by Green Day. Interesting. The ball in the end is right. I hope you had the time of your life. I think it perfectly captures that bittersweet. I'm so glad we experienced this. I wish nothing but the best for you. Walk away with no regrets, right? You don't get a lot of songs like that. But of course, it's a little subversive because it starts with fuck, right? So I love that. that. Well, and I think like a lot of it is... You know, most people don't think of that song as a breakup song because it's been used as like it's so many graduation been, songs. Yeah, it's been taken over. It that they, people assign that meaning to it because it sounds so healthy, healthy transition. But it was written as a breakup song. We just oh, don't get no. very many healthy transition breakup songs to recognize. Them. So everybody <laughs> heard it and thought, "Oh, you must be graduating." Well, in a sense, I guess. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> What was Michelle Branch had one that was like it was called Goodbye to You. And it was just oh, like yeah. this whole like I'm I'm letting all this go and right. you know so be it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's healthy. And I think so few of us experience the healthy breakup, right? Yeah. I wish more people got to experience that because sometimes things just run your course, you know, it's just a reason, a season or a lifetime. And not everybody's going to be a lifetime, but everybody will be with you. If you take those lessons you learn and you know, the high road is there if you want it. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So full disclosure, uh, we had to take a momentary break. Uh, I had some technical difficulties, but while we were away, uh, Michelle gifted me with her rendition of Chandelier by Sia. (laughs) And I am pleased to inform the listeners that she, in fact, can hit every note. See, I hit the high note sitting down. That's right. We don't have money or I would prove it. (laughs) (laughs) And that shit's not easy. Right? Hitting the good notes sitting down is not easy. So what is a song that you once loved, um, but you've listened to it recently and you've realized that uh, it's, it's, it's not good? Well, it, I, it, to me, it's not that the song isn't good anymore. The song is classic. The song is always going to be classic. The lyrics are always going to be something that we aspire to. However, it has been so used and misused and overused. It's been made to be trite now. So I'm talking about John Lennon's Imagine. Oh, God. It was a song that all of us loved once upon a time. And most of us have come to hate over time, right? <laughs> this is this is true, especially um, after uh, Gal Gadot and her merry band of oh, celebrities decided God. it was all good to do it at the beginning of the pandemic. Imagine during the pandemic, that was it. That was it. I hear this song one more time. Exactly. And, um, and it's not even that the song is bad, but I feel like it's just used in so many bad ways. It, it's become this kind of totem pole for fake unity and, 
you know, a really superficial way to pretend like you're dealing with the problems of the world and that you can actually relate to people. And it's from just, a mansion. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It is like, it is now like the staple song for a brand of limousine liberalism that I wish not to be associated with. <laughs> I love that li- limousine liberalism. That's fucking fantastic. Yeah, I don't even think that's mine. Somebody else coined it, but damn if it doesn't fit in this case. <laughs> what is... And I'm very interested to know your answer to this question uh, because yeah. we have had mutual friends on this show uh-huh. um, and their answers. I've not really surprising. Uh, it, it pretty much went the way I thought it would go. Okay. Um, what is the greatest song from a film soundtrack? I am going to go obscure Gen X here. <laughs> And I'm not sure it's the greatest song from the soundtrack. And I'm sure other people have given you what would be a much more common answer. Like, I will always love you from the bodyguard, of course, that touches people. And, um, you know, there's just so many just epic songs that Celine Dion, uh, Titanic love theme. Great choices. I'm going with the one that knocked me off my feet in childhood. This was my first fall hard for a movie, fall hard for a soundtrack, fall hard for a character. I wanted to be Coco and Fame so bad when I was a kid. And Body Electric, my God, that song just, and it still holds up. Yes. We're talking about graduation songs. They shouldn't be singing Good Riddance. They should be singing Body Electric. (laughs) This is, this is true. (laughs) And I just, the Fame soundtrack just hits up. And, and, it's the movie is great um, and it still holds up, you know, it's a little dated in parts, but it, for me, it was just the first piece of art that just really just hit me in my chest. Like, wow, you know, you can be an artist. This means something, this feels something. And it just showed me a part of a world that I knew I was going to be part of. You, you know, I didn't have any talent yet. I didn't know if I could sing or act or dance or anything. I ended up doing all those things later, but, but fame is what made me want to. And Body Electric was a big part of that. So I, I do have to ask if um, you saw the uh, reboot that they made, maybe like 10, 15 yeah, years ago. Not that was that in the least bit. <laughs> I'm such a purist, I think. Um, well, it, it didn't have any heart. And well, it definitely did not have that. Uh, there, it was also... Um, it's very light. Yes, it was very if, light. If it was, if, it if was you very, get if you get where I'm going uh, with yes. that, it, yeah. I mean, it was very influencery or something. I don't know. Is that even a word? But it's like yeah, I could. You know, it was very like if you know there was there was a school for TikTok influencers. That's exactly what. It yeah, was. It didn't have a heart. It didn't have depth. It didn't have grit. I mean. Come on, yeah. you know, showing Leroy and in the inner city trying to go to a dance school, having to be a thug and fight his way to go to dance school. Like, you know, that was real shit back in the 70s. There yeah. was nothing like that in the new version. It was, you know, a bunch of privileged kids wanting to be famous. It wasn't, they didn't want to be artists like the original. Right. You know? and that makes a difference. 
I mean, New York still still is, you know, has some of its grit and it's yeah. still got some of its darkness. But like the New York of the 70s where the original fame was shot yeah, and the New York where the new one was shot are two different worlds. Yeah, completely. That was more, the new one was more like the Sex in the City version of New York, which I've never yeah. seen so few people of color and, you know, it's just. It's a very stylized, privileged New York that's not diverse, it's not gritty, it's not soulful. Hell, I mean, that New York isn't even Rent's New York. Rent's New York is, you know, more connected to Fame's New York from the 70s, right? Right. What's um, the best theme song from a television show? Oh, this one wrecked me. I have so many answers. (laughs) I have to get my disqualifications out of the way. Okay. So many people will say the Golden Girls theme song, and then some people say the Friends theme song, and I'm like, they can't even be part of the discussion because those are not true theme songs. Both of those songs were radio hits before those shows aired. They got different people to record them. Thank You for Being a Friend was originally recorded by a guy. Yeah. Um, with the really 70s kind of hair and stuff. <laughs> and then the Rembrandts, that song, like that was a song that we that I heard in the dorms before Friends even became a show, you know? So we can't, we can't, to me, that's cheating, getting a radio song and turning it into your theme song. So let's talk true theme songs written for the TV. So like if you're if you like jazz or instrumental, you gotta go with something like Taxi or Barney Miller, right? Right. Um, Taxi Angela was that song, beautiful song. Um, and Barney Miller's so funky with that bass line. Like, why hasn't somebody <laughs> sampled that for a rap song yet? Like, it's just right there. <laughs> um, probably, but, probably too expensive. Uh, probably. <laughs> um, but in terms of like vocal songs, my favorite was probably the thing from Family Ties. I mean, Denise Williams and Johnny Mathis singing that duet. Come on now. That's that's some quality content right there. Yeah. Um I also got to give a shout out to the greatest American hero. Welcome back, Cotter, with the doo-wop and stuff. But in terms of like kitschy, campy theme songs, I got to go with either the Jeffersons or Good Times. Okay. So. So just gun to your head, you have to name the greatest. What do you pick? Family Ties, because I love Johnny and Nisi. Those voices, man. They should have worked together more. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent answer. Uh, the first time that that has been named as um, oh, cool. the, I like the best. Um, it is. It is usually um, Golden Girls is the answer that well, most people give. <laughs> I mean, you know, I I don't add qualifiers to it. It yeah. technically, yeah. you know, technically yeah. on a technicality, um, because I mean, you know, my. My favorite, my my answer to this question is, you know, on a technicality. Right. And it's the 227 theme song. Oh, okay. That's a good one. Just because, like, I, there's something about um, Marla Gibbs' voice and, yeah. like, she's not recognized really as a singer. Yeah. And, you know, her voice paired with that song and it just, it feels like home. Yeah, uh, and oh. I love uh, Marla is one of the most underrated talents that was out there, and, and she's still with us, thank God. Yes, <laughs> knock on wood. 
yeah. you know, let's definitely right. Let's rem- let's put a bubble on her. <laughs> put her in bubble wrap. Yes. Uh, what's a song that uh, whenever it comes on, you just absolutely have to dance to it? In the club. It's, I, like my feet start moving before my mind even registers what it's doing. That beat, something about that beat just makes my body move. And I cannot stand 50 Cent as a person. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really not about that. It's just the beat, that beat. Yeah. I've, I like that. I like that. And, <laughs> you know, it... It, it 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 brings up what uh, is a a very very long and very nuanced conversation about you know removing the person who made the music who yeah. you know you may not like from exactly. this particular song that you like or this yeah. particular album. And then it depends on why you're removing them, right? Fifty Cent is just a garden variety asshole. I have a bigger tolerance for that than somebody like R. Kelly who was a predator. Right. right. So, <laughs> so, you know, I guess it depends on how you draw your lines. So, right. I got a lot of fitties in my life. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is the song that means the most to you? Not necessarily because of the song itself, the song could be garbage. Right. Um, but, you know, maybe because of the memories you have attached to it. Um, let me see. I should have an answer to that. Um, oh, it, I do. And I'm going to stick with that answer. Cause I thought, you know, sometimes when you're in the moment, you think different, but no, now that I have read my prompt, I remember why I picked that song and it, and I'm going off script for what people would think for me. It's a country song. It, um, friends in low places. Excellent choice. Huge. When I was an undergrad, just huge. It was everywhere. And so we went to where everybody hung out when I was an undergrad was called the quad. And it was where all the fraternities and sororities were. And so they would have these big parties with the DJ and everything. And that was the one song where all of us would just kind of get in a circle and have a sing along kind of unplanned sort of thing. And so it's really connected to a visceral college memory and then when I became an adult and started going to karaoke every Wednesday with a totally different group of friends I have a friend named Danny who's a really good country singer and he would get up and sing that song and it was the same type of thing where we'd all be linking arms with our beers in the air and singing (laughs) along so that song just viscerally connects me to two different friend groups that I have still have and have for have had for 30 years for my college friends and 20 years for my karaoke friends so that's awesome uh we have a mutual friend okay um who actually named that as the song that they used to love but they now hate oh no (laughs) yep but imagine this right there (laughs) (laughs) um I, I won't I won't name them on air, uh, okay. but but when we go off, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you I'll, I'll tell you who it is. Um, okay, so this next question, um, in the time between uh, me sending you the questions uh-huh. and the recording of this episode, okay. um, a a thing has happened, and. Um, this question has changed. Okay, that's fine. Um, it's actually, and it, it's changed for the better. 
Okay. Um, it's still still along the same lines. Mm-hmm. Um, so the question is, if you were on RuPaul's Drag Race, oh, what wow. song would you absolutely want to lip sync for your life to? Oh, that's such a good question. It's so much better than the original one, right? The gun to the head one? Yeah. yeah gun to my head, I'm singing happy birthday. Ro, 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 ro. <laughs> I want to live. <laughs> but RuPaul Drag Race, now that, now that's interesting. Um, you know what? I think I'm going to choose between some of my karaoke staples. Okay. And I'm going to go with Black Velvet because I think I could do a whole cowgirl thing that would be really kitschy and fun. Oh, I love that. That is that is one of my all-time favorite songs. Ever. Oh, I love that. Oh, I kill it. <laughs> That and Cher's uh, version of Walking in Memphis. Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's a great song anyway, no matter who does it. Right. Her vibrato works really well. In that yeah, that, and there, there's like, there's, um, there, she put like a fun dance beat on it. It's not like real noticeable, but right. like it just ups the tempo just enough where you're like, oh, oh, right. oh okay. Yeah. It's not a ballad anymore. Yeah. Yeah. What is the song that reminds you of home? Now, I went obscure here, too. Um, it's a song called uh, I Ain't Jivin', I'm Jammin'. It's by Leon Huff. It's an instrumental song. Okay. It's an old song. But the reason I picked it is because it's, it's very Black Cincinnati. So okay. if you go to any Black function, like we have the Black Family Reunion here every year, I think it started here and it's well, went nationwide, but it still goes on here. But any Black um, graduation party or wedding or anything, since I was a little kid, because I used to watch my grandmothers do this, there's this dance we do called the Cincinnati Stomp and you do it to I Jive and I'm Jamming, um, the instrumental song. And it's like, you know, it clears the floor. You have to learn how to do it. It's big part of our culture here so of course it reminds me of home um the song is obscure enough that some djs don't have it and if the dj doesn't have it you sub in freddie jackson's jam tonight because okay. it's sort of rhythm to do the dance but yeah that that screams home to me it's very specific to black cincinnati yeah i love that i love a good like regional yeah type yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's oh. a deep cut. If you know that one, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna check it out now. Yeah, Leon Huff, I'm jiving, I'm jamming, and then I'll teach you the dance sometime. <laughs> okay, hell yeah. It's similar to the electric slide with a couple variations, but yeah. Oh, okay. All right, I got. I can. I can do the electric slide. I'm, See, I'm yeah, it's not, it. it's yes. not hard. It's just you got to stomp at the right time to the right rhythm, basically. Okay. <laughs> What is the sexiest song? Oh, I went round and round and round on this because, you know, I mean, it sounds like, not to sound all big, Bill Clinton here, it depends on what your definition of, well, is, is, right? Is that what he said? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, there's the sexy because the song is sexy, stripper song sexy, like you can leave your hat on that type of stuff. Or there's the you know, D'Angelo singing How Does It Feel when he's butt-ass naked. And yeah, so there's that. But Actually, fun fun fact, since you brought up that D'Angelo video, he's not actually naked. He's not? No, he's got got sweatpants on and they're rolled down. Ah, 
Well, he is in my version. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> obviously. That... <laughs> but I actually went with this song. Um, and again, it might be a little obscure, but where I lived, that we used to have the thing called the quiet storm, right? It was on the, like, yeah. was it Sunday night? And it was like after 11 and you put the radio on. And it was music for the grown and sexy and blah, 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 right? So, um, so this day, the DJ, my local DJ would start, would always start off the quiet songs quiet storm playing this song and just moments of love by the artist noise I love oh my god <laughs> yes yes you want to you yes. want to talk you want to talk a track that for the rest of my life will stay on my sex playlist yes it is that <laughs> yes there's no distractions there's no whining that's i mean you want to talk sex sexy that's that's what yeah. you want that's- <laughs> And if 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 you're not familiar uh, with that song, like pause this episode, right. go YouTube it. Go get it now. You'll you'll get about you'll get about a minute into it. Then go get your back blown out, and then come <laughs> back to this episode. I mean, be careful who you who you play that around, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Because there 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 are people within certain age ranges that the minute that. Da, 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 starts yeah they'll be I like mean, what 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 the fuck yeah. are y'all doing in here what's going on in here you what know, are you doing you're gonna wind up in an entanglement you didn't <laughs> right doors open feet on the floor <laughs> have to go on the red tabletop and confess your sins to people it all started when i put on moments in love by the art of noise and i don't know what happened after that <laughs> amen uh, what is the song that you most relate to? Like you hear this song and you go, you know what? That's me. Um, well, I'm not sure so much that the song is is me, like me as an individual, Michelle, but the song is the worldview that I have, right? Okay. So I went with Ain't Nothing Wrong With That, uh, mm-hmm. the Robert Cray family band or whatever, but I remember we were looking for songs for my wedding. We were looking for songs to put on the wedding video and songs to get the crowd up or whatever. And my um, my husband and I, we've known each other since we were kids and people have been rooting for us to be a couple since we were Aww. really little, little, but we didn't start dating until we were full ass grown adults. We've been through some shit. So that's way better for our relationship. <laughs> but, um, you know, we're both kind of nerdy Catholic, black Catholic school kids, black Catholics, which is weird enough. And he's biracial. And my family is, you know, black, most black, mostly Southern family. And so we had his white family and my black family and his cousins from Indiana and my cousins that just got out of jail and (laughs) college and prep school. And then all of our friends from the hood. And then my, I was in grad school at the time. So my professors came and his mom used to work for Ken Blackwell. So there were politicians there. So literally everybody in Cincinnati from every walk of life was at our wedding. So I'm like, what can I play to get all of these people on the dance floor, right? (laughs) So the thing about Ain't Nothing Wrong With That is that not only is it a good song with a good beat, but the lyrics, East Coast, West Coast, don't matter, you know, in the hood, (laughs) it's all good, don't matter, you know, rock and roll, Timbaland's, it's like everybody, ain't nothing wrong with that. Just kind of come as you are, ain't nothing wrong with it. We're all going to dance and have fun here. And so that was, yeah, that reminds me of my wedding. That reminds me of my life. I picked that one. I love it. 
I <laughs> love that. Um, what is the song that defined your generation? Oh, I went so many different ways to pick this one before it finally settled on what I think is the most correct Gen X answer. And that is Walk This Way by Aerosmith and Run DMC. And the reason I pick it is because, you know, we're such, we're the transition generation from kind of the older stuff, the classic rock, to the new, to the hip hop and, and everything that came after that. And what that song did was, you know, at a time where music was still really segregated at the beginning of MTV, it gave everybody permission to like everybody else's music, which we were all doing, but kind of on the sly, right? <laughs> Um, and it gave us not only permission to like each other's music, but permission to collaborate with each other and create new forms. And now that rock rap hybrid, that's every other song on the radio. But yeah. it started there. Yeah, and there was um, there was definitely that that period of time that, you know, you could definitely tell the Aerosmith Run DNC influence from, you know, when bands like corn and bands like limp biscuit yeah. and biscuit, you know the, yeah. kid rock drew right. heavily from what they did absolutely for better and worse <laughs> right 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 <laughs> but even even uh missy elliott or diddy combs like like on the other end the rappers started doing more rock influence stuff too right yeah um, so uh so yeah so it, it ended up working both ways and iced tea with body count um oh that's right yeah. So I think, I think what, what that did was it challenged, it, it was the, it was one of the first albums that was genre bending, right? Yeah. So it challenged what it could be and it created new genres and new bands. So, but I think that was the seminal moment. So we have to pay homage to it. Absolutely. Excellent choice. Thank you. Excellent choice. I, what song is objectively Oh, the greatest the song ever this written. This is the one that killed me. <laughs> I still don't know if I have an answer. I have a thought process. So here's my thought process on it. You could go with something like Beethoven's Fifth because it's still like a banger 300 years later, right? How many <laughs> things can say? Like Robin Thicke just sampled, sampled that like on one of his records on his first album, you know? Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was sampled in like a was a disco cut that was like top 10, you know? Yeah. So like it's been done in pretty much almost every form of music there is, and it's always a hit when they do it. So, <laughs> so you could go that way. That's a little more traditionalist than I am, but I'm going to at least make the argument, right? So here's another way you could go. Don't Look Any Further by Dennis Edwards would probably not be on anybody's shortlist, although that video is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> something you make at an amusement park right um, right and the parody of it from the white comedian and his girlfriend was even funnier than the original <laughs> video which was still funny but that beat that yeah. beat has been a top 10 song like at least eight times right right that, that beat that's that's dennis edwards beat is also rakim is mm -hmm. uh uh, Big Joe, it's like, it's like all these songs and every song that uses it is a banger. So that's kind of a sleeper. Like, you know, there's no perfect song, but you got to give it up to a song that can be a hit that many times. So. Yes. 
Yes. I don't know. And then I finally decided I don't have a favorite song. I have two favorite artists. So I don't know what the best song ever written is, but I know it was either written by Prince or Stevie Wonder. <laughs> I'll allow it. I will allow it. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. What song is the one that you could or maybe have uh, listened to over and over again and you never get sick of it? I think because there are so many different versions of it, the song that's a classic. And then I was a drama teacher and I was, you know, an actress in my 20s. So I, between using it for my own auditions and hearing it for other people's auditions when I was class casting shows, I have to say Over the Rainbow, but not the Judy Garland version. Ava Cassidy's version will break your heart. It is yes. so beautiful. It's just beautiful. And, and the other one, I can't pronounce his last name, but they called him Is, the big Hawaiian guy. With yeah, the yeah. Version. Yeah, that, that, that'll break your heart in a different way, right? It's just so optimistic and peppy. And, um, and I feel like no matter what you're feeling, there is a version of Over the Rainbow for your mood. Yes, <laughs> yes. And there's so many versions with so many good singers and the arrangements are always different, but there's something pure there that stays. Mm -hmm. And I am really just drawn to that. The um, over the rainbow. And, you know, I'm such the world's biggest hag. Like I was raised by drag queens and (laughs) it's all of that too. Right. Just what the rainbow means to me. (laughs) Um, Ava Cassidy's version actually pulls heavily from a Judy Garland performance later in her life when oh, well that makes sense because After when she been through yeah like that song was heavier and the way she she sang it in more of a melancholy way yeah. rather than when she was younger and it was that Learning. dreamy and yeah yeah ethereal. yeah that makes sense because Judy went through it and you know Ava was sick at the time she didn't know yeah. it yet but yeah, there's a there's a lot of layers to that. That's a fantastic fucking song, though. It is. It it it, it always is. And I mean, let's not let's not forget Patty LaBelle's while we're tossing name versions of Over the Rainbow out there. I mean, <laughs> if, if 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 you want to talk about a version of Over the Rainbow <laughs> that will make you experience the entire gamut of human emotions, right? It's Patty LaBelle. It's Patty LaBelle. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Um, I listened to uh, Patti LaBelle's version of If You Asked Me To. That's also a Celine Dion song that that goes hard. Um, But Patti did it like a little more delicately. Mm -hmm. And like I had it on when I was taking a shower this morning. And probably about the two and a half minute mark on the song, I'm just like in the shower floor sobbing. I know, right? <laughs> um, and they, um, speaking of Patty, you know, the Patty song that gets me is um, If Only You Knew. Yes. Oh, that song's so gorgeous. Like, I, I can sing that song pretty well up until the last stuff where she just starts going off and doing all of yeah. it. Like, I can't do runs like Patty. I know my lane. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it's a nice adult contemporary song, I, I, you know, I'm in the pocket. But as soon as it starts doing that Patty shit, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Also, but- underrated Patty LaBelle hit. 
the ABCs from Sesame Street. Oh yes. No yes. version of the ABCs goes that hard. No, but you know the you know the only thing I would put up against Patty doing the ABCs, the Pointer Sisters teaching us how to count to twelve. Come on fair. now. Fair, absolutely <laughs> fair. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so oh, I was just gonna say the one thing I was gonna say about if only you knew that um, there was a clip from Moonlighting that was um, circulating after we all got the news about Bruce Willis and his memory loss and everything, and it was such a heartbreaking scene because it was like you know his character was so in love with Sybil Shepherd's character and she didn't know and they were playing that song in the background and he's just reacting and so heartbreaking. I'm like, ah, Moonlighting was such a good show. Why isn't it streaming anywhere? This is true. This is true. But I'm also glad that they've um, they've never tried to reboot that because yeah. I don't think that the chemistry between anybody else could be the yeah. same. Yeah. And, and every time I um, I remember episodes because I see them sometimes on YouTube, um, usually just clips, though. But, you know, I am sort of sad that we lost Bruce Willis to all those stupid action movies. He was such a great romantic leading man. His comic timing and and actually the fact that he's not drop dead gorgeous, that he was kind of a regular looking guy, but just super sweet and charming just made it a little more true, right? It, it yeah. gave it a realism romantic comedies usually don't even have. And I'm, I, miss, I miss that we didn't get that from him. Oh, but gossip, as long as we're talking about Bruce Willis, guess, do you know who he used to date? What famous R&B diva he used to date? Shit, somebody just told me this uh, because <laughs> she wrote a song about it. Yes, who was I talking to about this? was written about Bruce Willis. Yes. Anymore. Vesta, Vesta Williams. Yeah. The Vesta were a couple. I forget who I was talking to about that. It, actually, you know what? It happened on one of my shows now that I think about it. <laughs> But yeah. yeah, that always trips me out. <laughs> so remember it's, that. It's it's that one of those like like pop culture bits of trivia yeah. that I always forget until somebody <laughs> mentions either one of them, and then right. I'm like, oh, like, did you oh, know? Right. <laughs> so on this show, uh, we don't like to be negative, uh, right, you yeah. know, and and even even if so we do like. Right, right. So, so we're gonna keep this real quick. All right, maybe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, the, I chose. I chose a supersonic stinker. There's no controversy. All I, right. I, What's the worst <laughs> song you've ever heard? Accidental racist. Oh my god! Do, do you not know this horror? As soon as you get off of here, you need to listen to yourself and be prepared to have your mind blown at how to. Artists who are normally very good at what they do just manage to just, oh my God, they just shit the bed with that one. It's so awful. Brad Paisley and LL Cool J and it's called Accidental Racist and it is the worst piece of crap I've ever heard in my entire life, bar none. Holy shit. (laughs) I'm not kidding. I'm not exaggerating. Look it up. The lyrics will literally make you cringe. Literally make you cringe. Like I've had a crush on LL Cool J since Mama said knock you out. I heard the first time I heard that song, crush was over. 
crushes that. Cyril is gone. <laughs> I mean, who did I, nobody nobody at the label like took a I look at the know. fucking title of the song and went, mm, I, mean, I don't know I about don't, this. The whole premise of the song is Brad Paisley's wearing his Leonard Skinner shirt, which has a Confederate flag on it. And some black person calls him out about it. And he's saying he was an ex, he just, his shirt means he's a Skinner fan. He's just an accidental racist. And then it's LL coming out of the blue, trying to justify slavery and all this other shit. And you're like, what the hell? <laughs> Who greenlit this? <laughs> like, oh my God. I, I think it didn't get a lot of airplay, thankfully. And I don't think they ever performed it together. I think it's one of those things people don't talk about, like the Garth Brooks, Chris Gaines thing. <laughs> <laughs> But at least the Chris Gaines song, Lost in You, that's a banger. Like, it's a pity he released that song under, you know, the weird circumstances because he sounded like Babyface on that song. Who doesn't I want just, to sound like Babyface? But Accidental Races is a gigantic turd of a record. Sorry. The, the thing about the whole Chris Gaines thing is that they promoted the album. Mm-hmm. before they told people that there was a TV movie yeah, where Garth Brooks was playing Chris Gaines. They so. should have did the movie first. And also, I really feel like if if Garth wanted to do like an R&B kind of album, we were prepared to accept Garth doing that. We accepted. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. We were already, most of us were already friends with Garth. You know, Friends in Little Places got played on Black stations too because people liked it, you know? And there's always been white artists we fuck with like Elton John and Annie Lennox and George Michaels. So, you know, if he had just said, I want to do this because I love this kind of music and released it as Garth Brooks, I think it would have been much more welcome than him doing it under this alternate identity where people don't know whether he's making fun of it yeah, or being serious about it or what, you know, the whole trying to don a costume and an alt identity so you can experiment with different kinds of music it feels disrespectful to the culture that music actually belongs to, right? Yeah. In a way it wouldn't have if you said, hey, I love this culture. Can I do, do would you guys mind if I do some songs? Sure. Do your R&B records. We got you, you know? Well, and it would, it would be very much like um, what uh, Donny Osmond did. Uh, to break away from like the Osmonds when he released his first like grown up pop single, the label sent it to radio stations without a name on it. Oh, wow. And everybody played it and people were calling in and they're like, you know, who is this? What is this? Mm-hmm. You know, we have to know. And right. then the label sent out, you know, copies of the album and it was, it was Donnie. Right. So, you know, that would have been a better way to go than I'm creating this whole other identity because then people don't take you seriously, right? They feel like you're not taking it seriously. Why should I take you seriously? And there were a lot of good songs on that album that just, oh, yeah. No, in July, Lost in You, those are bangers. Like, you know, release them as yourself, dude. I feel like if Garth ever wants to like try that again, I think he and Nelly should do like a Silk Sonic type album <laughs> thing. Like just, you know. I would buy that. I would. I, I, would, I would listen to the shit out of that. Like, I would. I absolutely would. I think that would be fun as fuck. Uh, what is your theme song? 
Like if you could have any song play when you walk into a room, what would it be? Just Fine by Mary J. Yes. And I feel like that's that would be a new answer. I would have answered differently, probably with a more melancholy song in the past. But I finally feel like I'm kind of, you know, coming into my own. I'm I'm growing into my final form as bougie auntie. And- <laughs> And I'm owning it. I kind of like being in a position where younger people listen to me and value what I have to say and being in a stable, loving marriage and kind of being the matriarch now since my aunt passed away. And, you know, it feels like a, a, a bit of a, you know, weight on my shoulders sometimes, but I really feel like I'm coming to own my power and, and just fine. Yeah. I think that's, that's, that's where I am right now. I love that. I love that. I am obsessed, obsessed with Good Morning Gorgeous. Oh, cool. That suits you. Just like, literally, it's it's my alarm on my phone. <laughs> like, <laughs> What is the song that you always put on a playlist? Doesn't matter what kind of playlist it is this song is going on it or it's not a Michelle playlist? Um, Probably Lovely Day. I mean, doesn't get me better than Bill Withers, right? Um, But it's also a little personal because um, that's one of my husband's favorite songs. And he always kind of sings along to it. And then one day he just looked at me out the blue and told me, he said, the reason I love this song is because it reminds me of you. Just one look at you. I know it's going to be a lovely day. That's all I need. So, So now that's like a private thing between us. So I sneak it on the playlist. We play in the car, play around company or whatever. And then, you know, we just look at each other. We know this is, this is an us thing, you know? So <laughs> I know she's the small team. I'm going to go cry. That's so sweet. <laughs> same old lines on, right? <laughs> um, but no, it's, it, it's, it's just nice to be able to have that kind of connection with somebody you know I think everything we think about love in terms of passion and and commitment and all of that all of that's true for me the biggest thing it is is understanding it is a profound thing to be understood by someone you know (laughs) so sometime um between the moment you entered this little Zoom area that we're in mm-hmm. and um, this this moment right now, uh, you've died <laughs> um, and you are at the gates of, as a Catholic, you are at the gates yeah. of heaven. Yes, and, that is what I believe. Um, Yeah, I made it past purgatory. <laughs> <laughs> on, on Good Friday of all days. So, oh, I mean, God. hey. Um, and St. Peter and everybody before they will let you through those gates Mm -hmm. um, as kind of a welcome gift uh, into heaven they are making the mixtape of your life and St. Peter would like to know and this is the most important question of this podcast oh wow what is the first (laughs) song on that mixtape. I think Free by Denise Williams. I think speaking as a black woman and the connection to my aunt and to my grandmothers and just 
just the idea of what freedom is to a black person in this country and you know going through everything we've all gone through and it's just such an ethereal and beautiful song and it's a great soprano it makes you sound like it sounds like it comes <laughs> from heaven you know so I think I think free because that's I mean isn't that what we all want right just freedom free that is fantastic I love that <laughs> Michelle my bell yes, dear. In, <laughs> in the words of the Beatles song. Um, oh, Will Downing has got a, a, a jazz cover of that. That's incredible. Shut up. Yeah, oh. go look it up. Oh my God. <laughs> um, so we have uh, reached the end of the show. Uh, if, so if there is anything uh, that you would like to plug or if you would like something that you would like my guests, or my guests, you're my guest. Uh, <laughs> the listeners to know or if you'd like to drop your social media handles you are more than welcome to do that right now um well yeah find me on twitter i think i'm at michelle b young or michelle b backslash young something like that <laughs> um my pin tweet is about getting black women elected to the senate so please donate to val and sherry if you can we have raised over fifty six thousand dollars for them which will be split so about twenty five twenty six thousand dollars a piece we also have links for um, Chantel Brown and Mandela Barnes and Connor Lamb in Pennsylvania. So just look up um, the VP fundraisers online because um, it's very important we get 53 Senate seats. Everything we want done hinges on getting the Senate and keeping the House because the fascists are not getting <laughs> right. Um, and that's not a lie or an exaggeration. That's just where we are. That's part of the reason the music, the music has gotten so good lately. The music is always better when times of oppression and we just <laughs> are coming out of it, right? Between this Trump is, and the pandemic, so. This <laughs> is true. And I will uh, drop Michelle's Twitter handle and uh, the Veeps Peeps fundraising uh, link in the episode description. Michelle, thank you so much. I have enjoyed this so <laughs> much. Fun. So much fun. Um, thank you for taking time out of your Good Friday uh, to do this uh, with me. Um, I hope you and your family have a fantastic Easter. Thank you so um, much. Right back at you. Thank you. Thank you. Your Life the Mixtape is a Dollar Patrolic production in association with Spring Break 83 Productions and the Joyful Warrior Podcast Network. 